Listening to WMNF Tampa, music and news. Hi, this is Miss Julie. Our week-long Summer Fun membership drive is from 9 a.m. to midnight on Tuesday, June 7th through Monday, June 14th. We are seeking food donors to help feed our hungry and grateful volunteers. Restaurants, caterers, or chefs can find out more about donating drinks, snacks, or individually packaged meals by calling me at 813-238-8001 or email M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E at WMNF.org. Thanks! Here comes the sun, doo-doo-doo. here comes the sun, I say it's alright. Hello and welcome to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5, where every Monday at 11, we bring you a conversation with local experts on sustainable issues. Your hosts today are myself, Kenny Coogan, and the astute Annie Ellis. <laughs> Answering your calls is DT, and working the boards is Mr. Bill Grace. Well, um, how was your weekend this weekend, uh, Kenny? I was just wondering what happened with you, because you're so busy all the time. Well, on Thursday, which is not the weekend, I saw Miss uh, Kitty Wallace at the Davis Island Garden Club. Oh, I was there. And y- It was uh, a tea. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Alice in Wonderland-themed tea party and Annie was wearing high heels with lemon straps and <laughs> acrylic ice cubes in the heel. It looks like a glass of lemonade that you walk <laughs> on. And I had a vintage hat with a, a orange straw with a roses. It was fantastic. You were, dre- you were dressed to the nines, as they <laughs> Thank say. Thank you. And, well, I was mentioning Kitty Wallace because, yes. of course, she's our good uh, one of the very good volunteers for the Sustainable Living She's wonderful. Show. And then yesterday I was at another uh, plant event, and then I saw Miss Julie, who's the volunteer coordinator extraordinaire in the heart of WMNF. Yeah, she's fabulous. So uh, I had a busy plant-themed week as usual, and today we're going to be talking with lots of different people, which we're very excited about. So Annie, do you want to introduce the first guest? Well, I'm uh, hopeful. Uh, Do we have... Yes, we do. Okay. Uh, Great. (laughs) You never know to the last second on my radio, you know that is. Okay, so today we have uh, Farrell Thomas, and she's with Birds in the Helping Hands, and they also have a Facebook page that was created uh, that's referred to as the OWL Team, and it's is a very timely thing. This was in the newspaper, and I wanted to have, or we wanted to have Farrell talk about what had happened in Safety Harbor. Welcome, Farrell, to our show. Farrell? Farrell? Can you hear me? Yeah, I yeah. can hear you now. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you on. So can you tell us what the newspaper article was about just a few weeks ago? Uh, so there's been multiple news articles that have come out on a couple different outlets, um, but the summary of the story is we've lost an owl family um, in Philippi Park, Safety Harbor. It's a great horned owl family that's been nesting there for eight years. Um, last year, they lost three of their chicks, and this year, we lost 
two chicks and both parents oh my um, God. to rodenticide poisoning. So unfortunately, the death of both of the parents means the end of an era, um, considering this male owl had been making his nest there for eight years. Um, and this was an entirely preventable death. So we're just trying to get the education out there so more people are aware of the consequences of using rat poison. So, uh, so you're saying that the owls died because they were eating the rats that had been poisoned by people? Is that what you're exactly. saying? Okay. So uh, when people are also freaked out about having rats and they don't understand, they just think since they can go buy the poison, which personally I think should be outlawed, um, they, uh, what do they do? What, what is a, an option for them? So there's many more humane options, mm -hmm. um, both chemically and um, non-chemical. So they could use things like snap traps, um, live traps. There's electric traps now, which are considered to be the most humane lethal option for killing rodents. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a variety of options um, for non-chemical. And then if you do absolutely need to use a chemical option, there are two products on the market that can be used that won't harm secondary consumers, unlike the anticoagulant poison. Um, so if you contact a pest control company and tell them that you want a chemical product that's not an anticoagulant, they can come out and put something that, like that down. Um, for example, one of them is a vitamin D-based product, and it will not harm secondary consumers. Okay. Uh, well, Farrell, uh, if the, somebody wanted to check on this, they're going to go to your face, uh, Facebook page mm -hmm. that was for this, and how will that be listed? Uh, it's Safety Harbor Strong Owls and Nature on okay. Facebook. Well, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate this. This is such a huge problem. Uh, it happens in my neighborhood as well. People don't understand how the connection is. And what a sad situation that, that uh, Safety Harbor had to go through to be able to, you know, bring this up. I hope it'll make a difference for everybody. I agree. Thank you for featuring it. Yes, thank you, Farrell, very much. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. And we also have another person on today who I just adore is Julia Poloschuk, which I wrote down so I could, I could read it that way. <laughs> I could never pronounce her name. Uh, I met her. Uh, she was one of the people that, uh, when I won the uh, WaterWise Award for 2020, she came out with several other people, and they inspected my property, and um, I, I won. And, I just, and my bonus was I got to meet Julia. Um, she's an environmental specialist in, at the Water Department of the City of Tampa, and uh, there's a very timely thing coming up as well. That's why she's on today, to let us know about of the programs that they have. Can you let us know what's happening, Julia? Thanks for coming. Well, good morning, Annie. Good morning. It's to hear your voice. Thank you. You too. <laughs> yeah, so we're happy to um, be on the program today and talk about our event coming up Saturday, May the 21st. It's our Florida-friendly landscaping. We call it FFL 101. And this year's theme is Level Up Your Landscape. Now, we've been doing this program for quite a while uh, in partnership with the UF IFAS folks at our local Hillsborough Extension office. You've been out to Stefner, right, Annie? Oh, yeah, definitely, many times. And the bonus for, you know, when you attend a program out there at Stefner, you also get to tour the... The Discovery Garden, mm -hmm. which is also, you know, helping inspire gardening and landscapes and demonstrating what Florida-friendly landscaping can be. Yeah. So the, this, 
this Saturday's program, we've got four speakers, and uh, the topics are applying the nine principles of Florida-friendly landscaping to your landscape, and um, also growing food in your landscape. That's what I'm going to talk about. Yay! And I know, Annie, I've been <laughs> to your garden, and you always save spots for herbs and some veggies and some fruits. You've always, you know, got that in mind for people and animals, right? Well, yeah, not on purpose sometimes for the animals, but <laughs> I, do, I do feed the animals, but all the squirrels ate all my uh, Miratons. I just discovered today I'm not very happy. So go ahead. It's fun to have a little competition. <laughs> That's true. And then attracting wildlife to your Florida yard. Mm -hmm. And understanding, this is a bonus one, a, a new topic that, that I haven't um, approached with, with our SSL classes. Understanding how a low-maintenance landscape starts with your soil. And I hear many times when I'm out speaking with our customers, they'll talk about in, you know, like a disappointing kind of tone about our Florida soil. Right. And I think that uh, there's a, a lot of misunderstanding about how to build a fertile, productive soil. And it's, it's not that complicated. No, it isn't. Um, but we want to talk about that on Saturday, too. So we've got 25 seats left. I uh, checked this morning. Great. And to register, you would just go to the U.S. IFAS Hillsborough Extension website. So if you just type in your Google thing, IFAS Hillsborough County, you'll get to their website. And under Menu, just click Upcoming Events. Mm -hmm. And a little calendar comes up, and on Saturday, you'll see the program listed, FFL 101, Level Up Your Landscape. And uh, then you'll register through Eventbrite. Now, there's a charge of $12, but we're going to serve you lunch. Oh. And you get a really wonderful swag bag of water conservation items. And uh, we throw in a book as well from, um, from UF IFAS having to do, gar to do with gardening and landscapes. Okay. Well, uh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, I was also going to say that, see, I always know about these events because I'm registered with Eventbrite, and I'm also, I put in what I like, and then I'm also registered with uh, you guys. So anytime stuff comes up, it gives it to me on my email, which is a really great way to go. Then you stay on top of it. Yeah. And I'm so glad you're going to do something about the soil and, and how to make that because people, it is very, very simple. Unless you have good mycrosia and unless you have your good soil going, you're just going to struggle. So, you know, and, and using yep. chemical fertilizers is certainly, you know, it's not really a healthy way to go. So It's only part of the answer. You're never yeah. going to feel like, and, and like I said, this, the theme is level up. So it's just adding a little more to your arsenal, so to speak, of how you're approaching that patch of land out there. And, you know, everybody's little patch is so important these days yeah. for, for the migrating birds, for the soil organisms, uh, just for maintaining yeah. and, and rediscovering what is the Florida landscape all about. You know, I went out to my garden this morning. I'm sure you walked through yours. I did. <laughs> and the Stokes asters are popping up yep. in blooms. Uh, you know, uh, there's just so much going on. Yeah. 
Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, because you're talking about the native flowers and such, and I have them peppered throughout my whole yard and um, a lot of natives. But, you know, of course, I do the annuals for, for food, and then I do invasive species, basically, you know, like mangoes and so on like that. Uh, but yeah. but uh, I was going to say that the having those natives uh, really makes a difference on pollination, too. Uh, I oh. get a lot better pollination for all my edible situations because of those natives. And, and of course, then it's because going to be working with the, the correct insects in the correct area for the correct birds and all the other things that works together in unison. And to me, when you have that perfect circle like that, everything goes better. So Yes, and you're using less water. You know, yes. as a person from the Big water time. department, the conservation team, we have to integrate sensible means throughout our, our, our home life. And mm. so collecting rainwater, understanding how to water, how often to water, and then using the plants that come from our area so that we don't have to struggle so much. Absolutely. Struggling makes gardening no fun. And that's when people get frustrated because it's not successful for them. But if they can just learn those ABCs like you're just talking about, go to this thing, uh, this uh, program that you're offering, uh, it'll be fantastic. Now, are you doing it as a Zoom too or no? This Saturday is only in person, okay. but we'll do the Zoom version in September. Very good. Okay. So we're well, going to give this same program twice this year. Oh, twice because it's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank, thanks a lot, Julia, for calling in. It's always lovely to hear from you, and I'm delighted that you're putting these programs on for people. It's invaluable information. Thanks well, again. Well, thanks for your program. It's a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye now. All right. So Julia was from the city of Tampa, right? Yes, she was from the. She's a, a environmental specialist, and she's in the water department in the city of Tampa. All right. So now we're switching gears, but we're still staying in the city of Tampa. Yeah, we're all over the city today. <laughs> we have Shelby Lewis and Edgar Castro Teo, both are recycling specialists from the Department of Solid Waste and Environmental Program Management. Hello, Edgar and Shelby. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. We're excited to have you. We're going to be talking about recycling and some other projects that you're going. So first, uh, Edgar, can you tell us what wishful recycling is? Wishful recycling, or as we also say it in the industry, wish cycling, is what we, we dub the act of kind of someone wanting to recycle everything and putting it in the recycling cart or bin uh -huh. and wishing that it'll get recycled. Poof, um, with the magic wand. So that's, yeah, just, you know, fairy godmother flies around and it just turns everything into something new. But that's what wish cycling is. And wish cycling can sometimes be as harmful as putting complete trash in the recycling, which is basically the same. So what items does the city of Tampa accept in the recycling bin? So um, our list is much shorter than most people would think and it's 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 um when it comes down to it we divide it into four categories of materials so i'll start with the fiber which is plant-based items um so fiber would include paper and cardboard in it and within that category there's just a few items that are accepted like um paperboard boxes like cereal boxes or an egg carton, for example. And then, of course, the classic office paper and cardboard boxes. So that's fiber. 
And then the second category, very popular item is plastic. That's the material, but that doesn't mean all plastic is accepted. Within plastic, only bottles and jugs with no caps are accepted in our program. And that's for plastic. And then third, for metal, we have uh, aluminum cans, uh, tin cans, soup cans. Uh, and there's also a lot of new aluminum um, cans or bottles that are being sold in the market. And those are also accepted. Oh. And then for glass, bottles and jars with no lids or caps. All right. Edgar, can you tell us, does the city of Tampa take care of the Hillsborough County public school system? Or do we they? Do not. Yeah, they contract it out, right? That's a private entity that does that? Yes, they they um, they are serviced under a separate contract, and they are overseen actually by Hillsborough County. Okay. So even even public schools within the city of Tampa limits mm-hmm. are are managed under that contract, and they are they may be able to observe the same accepted items. So we're always able to provide education to a lot of the schools yeah. because since our rules are more strict than the counties um, and by more strict, I mean like maybe two different things, um, but we're also able to provide education no matter what. Okay. Cause I was, when you were talking about the paperwork in the office, I was thinking with a quarter million students in exactly. the Hillsborough County yeah. public school system, that's a lot of paper. Yeah. That would be it a good place to be able to have that as a separate thing. Just that, right? Yeah. Just or, that alone. Or they could compost it. So, Shelby, can you tell us why does the city of Tampa only accept certain items? Yeah, sure. So, with all local regional um, recycling programs here that are run by local government, we all contract with private recycling facilities. So while we would love to just say, put everything in your bin and we'll do something with it, that's just not the reality of the situation. A lot of it relies heavily on our contract and what your contract states with the recycling facility that you're using. So we recently in 2020 had a change in items and we were no longer able to accept cartons, which was something we did historically accept in the past of the program. Um, But with the new contract, the Cartons are, you know, like your orange juice carton, um, broth cartons, those types of things are mixed materials, so they're different layers. So it's really hard to recycle, and in this region of the country, there's not much market for them. They're not really a a product that's looking to be remade into something new. So because of that reason, it was taken out of our contract with our private recycling facility, which is why then we took it out. And that's what residency on the end is that our program's changing, but those are the reasons why. Um, There's also a limit. So it's nice that we're able to do what we call single stream recycling, which means you put everything in one cart. It makes participation a little bit easier rather than having to separate everything yourself at the curb. Um, But with that then has to be sorted out so those items can find their way back to similar bales of materials to be put to a manufacturer who can actually make something new out of those. So the technology of what can be sorted definitely plays a factor in what we can accept. The types of products, they have to be the same type of products for it to make sense for a manufacturer to to buy it, to remake something out of it. Um, So there's lots of different nuances and lots of different things that make up 
the reasons why there's only certain items that can be accepted. And, you know, not everything is created equal. Some things are truly really meant for a single use time and there's nothing really to get from trying to recycle them. So the products that we accept are products that are going to be completely recycled into a new product at some point. All right. So when you say recycling, you, I understand you have a program or you have to find a manufacturer. So we have to find people who can turn an uh, orange juice container into something or else... Well, it's, mm-hmm. it's a mixed thing yes. is what that is. Right? Yes, I'm saying yeah. we have to find a company that can handle the mixed. Or change the company uh, that makes the boxes to not put the plastic piece in with paper. That's what right. I think. Uh, I'm yeah, either question. option. I have yeah, a question okay. about that because uh, you just said we don't put cartons in. Well, I don't buy things. See, that's the other one, the R's. I refuse to purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the first one now. I understand you guys have the different R's, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, the, um, the uh, cartons that I have don't have plastic. But I do know that they have wax. So is, right. that, is that something that it, it enables it to not be recycled because it has the wax uh, on it? Yeah, that's a great question. So yes, unfortunately, as a whole, because oh, it is I've been, mixed I've been polluting material. My, I've been polluting my recycling bin big time. <laughs> if, you're, if your city is Tampa um, recycling, then yeah, you can leave the cartons out. Okay. Um, there, but if you're outside of that, definitely check your local government. Whoever picks it up, you can always look at your trash cart if you're in Hillsborough or City of Tampa. And we always recommend just to check annually, just in case things change. But um, just the mixed materials, whether that's wax, plastic, a, p- a thin piece of metal, it's it's not in demand right now. There's not a lot of manufacturers yeah. willing or able no. to make something out of them. Well, let me ask you this other thing, too, because when Kenny or somebody was saying something about the cereal boxes, well, there's a plastic, oh, not a plastic, there's a wax-coated paper inside the box of the cereal. Do you have to, you need to take that out before you put in the cardboard in the recycle, right? No, not not for the cereal box. Well, it has wax on it. Right, so the cereal box and a beverage or some kind of soup carton, they're different densities, so... The, the cereal box is a slight coating, um, and it's very, very light, um, or like some other kind of snack box. But a beverage carton is lined with sometimes extra foil, and the wax has to be thicker if it is wax. Oh, yeah, or my, I use a paper carton, but it's heavily waxed because it's milk. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what yeah, I Yes, and most... And most of those, most of those, it's hard to identify if it is wax or if it is plastic. It's wax. Most of the time, you they know, look- I'm not going to get plastic. I'm just just <laughs> yeah. to let you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So um, it's wax. But and yeah, it's paper. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the it's the fact that it's it's just so the paper and the wax have such a tight knit marriage in that situation yeah. and. Like Shelby was saying, that um, that material itself has just been really challenging to yeah, find the market for. Yeah, I can imagine. For. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. because it's double coated like that. We have. I have a lot more questions for you, but I'm going to shoot over to Kenny because he has an email. I think we have lots of emails lots coming of emails. in. Oh, that's good. So before I before I read them, I want to remind listeners that they're listening to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5. Today's guests are Shelby Lewis and Edgar Castro Teo. Recycling Specialist with the City of Tampa. If you want to be part of the conversation, give us a call at 
239-9663 or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org and we will read it on air. And I'm going to start reading these emails because people are passionate about recycling. That's great. I'm glad to hear <laughs> yes, so the yes, first, they are. The first email, we'll just ask uh, Edgar and we'll go back and forth. The first email, two years ago, the city said, keep the caps on bottles. Right. Why the change? So many people put bad things in the carts like plastic bags, etc. How are we supposed to know how to do it correctly? Well, to answer that last um First of all, thank you for the question, uh, listener. Um, to answer that last part of the question, how are we supposed to know? Um, the information's out there, and we always have the information on our website. We also have a new app that's called the Tampa Trash and Recycling app. We recommend everyone listening today download it on their smart device. Um, but the reason the reason that that sometimes those little my new changes happen are best practice. We're able to see if something isn't working out for the process and to improve it and to make sure it's improved for the better, we have to sometimes make those changes. And before we make any of those changes in our education or our rules, we think about it for a really long time to see, is it worth it? Is it, is it worth it to ask our residents to, to even pay attention to this? And when we think about caps, it's worth it to us because caps are so small. Sometimes they pop off from the containers or the bottles. Mm-hmm. And any item that is smaller than the size of your fist, if it's loose in the recycling, it's going to fall through the equipment and it's not going to get sorted. It's not going to get processed into anything. But it also runs the risk of ending with the sorted glass. Um, so we decided to make that change because we saw that glass was heavily affected by bottle caps and by lids and all of those smaller items. I wanted so, to, I mm-hmm. wanted to say something real quick too because we got a lot to cover in a long time. Uh, but I wanted to say that uh, all you do is you go online, you print it out, and you put it on the door of your recycle area, and it'll tell you every single thing that you can and cannot do. Yeah, you can print. We you can print the guide. Yeah. But um, if, if we also encourage you to download the app. Yeah, I just um, need it on that door because it's in my recycle bin. Yeah, that also makes it quick and easy as a reference. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us how often do you think the city changes what's recyclable and what's not or what's accepted? So before before 2020, um, it had been it had been since the beginning of the curbside recycling program. In 2012, there had been barely any changes. Um, so in 2020 was when we had the major uh, removal of beverage cartons and some changes to the rules. But before that, we tried not to make too many little changes because it does confuse some people. Yeah. And we want to make sure that it is as clear and consistent. Yeah. Um, but whenever we make those changes, it really takes a lot of, of thought. Right. From you, our t- you think about a long time. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All right, Shelby, we got some more emails. Shelby, this is from Michelle in Tampa. Does plastic Mm -hmm. really get recycled? I'm thinking about things like water bottles. I stopped Mm -hmm. recycling my plastic because I saw a huge amount of plastic in the oceans that third world countries were supposed to be recycling because we were just shipping it overseas. Don't buy water bottles. That's my answer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, that would obviously be 
our first one, if you're concerned about the waste, the best thing to do is try to create less of it. So that's always the number one thing to go to. But to answer the question, if they get recycled, um, yes, they do. So a lot of our plastic that we go through our private recycling facility does get shipped domestically. So a lot of times it does stay here. Um, plastic bottles get what we typically call downcycled most of the time, which it'll go into carpet, it'll go into clothing. And downcycled just means that it's not able to be recycled again. So obviously once it gets made into carpet, it's no longer able to be put in the recycling bin if that carpet's no longer usable. Um, so that happens a lot of times, but we are seeing more and more companies using the PET, which is the type of bottle um, from water bottles, that's the plastic they're using it to, to make some recycled content water bottles. So we are seeing more of that in the stream these days. But yes, it does get recycled. Okay, so they're making the water bottles again with the water bottles in some instances. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thank, thank you, Michelle. That was a good email. Yeah, We was. have another one, uh, Edgar, from mm -hmm. a concerned citizen. <laughs> they say, a friend who works at... Hillsborough County, says that all recycling, quote, recycling, is no longer recycling. All is treated as trash and dumped or incinerated. Is this true? Well, concerned uh, citizen or concerned resident. Um, so what, has, what you've probably seen was the high amount of contamination uh, or the high level of items that do not belong in the recycling. When a whole truckload goes through a neighborhood and a huge chunk of those people are not recycling correctly and they're either wish cycling, like we mentioned earlier, or they're placing just straight up trash in their recycling, then that truckload has to be treated as oh what it Oh my God, it's contaminated. Is. So my so, neighbors are screwing me <laughs> up. I got to get on them. You can oh you God. can always <laughs> you can always you can always educate your neighbors if you're close with them. Man. But if not, we are here to make sure that everyone has the information. We are trying to work through the whole city to make sure that everybody knows how to do it right. And, and what, I want to add too. I want to mm -hmm. add that our recycling, I think around ninety five percent of it does get processed through our recycling. That's good news. That's yeah. That's okay. a good statistic. Yeah, that is a good statistic. So yeah, a lot of our drivers, a lot of our drivers are really good at identifying which neighborhoods are doing good, which ones need a little bit I'd of more like work. I'd like to know my neighborhood. <laughs> I, th I really do. I want to know what my neighborhood's doing so I can get on it with them. Just, I, I'll just because that out. Uh, you live in a rich neighborhood doesn't mean you know how to recycle. That's exactly right. Because <laughs> right. I, I live in fancy town. <laughs> All right, there's right. contamination everywhere. <laughs> so Shelby and Edgar, we want to take a one-minute uh, break to, <laughs> to tell listeners about a fun little promo that we're doing. We can okay. tell by the smile on your face that you're enjoying sustainable living and you're wondering, how can you show your support? Just go to the website WMNF.org and click on the tip jar at the top of the screen. Be sure to direct your donation to SUL for Sustainable Living. It'll be borderline narcissism how much you will love yourself for supporting WMNF Tampa and the Sustainable Living Show. I love Wonderful. it. That's great. That's the first time I've heard it. <laughs> so I want to remind listeners that they are listening to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5. Today's guests are Shelby Lewis and Edgar Castro-Teo, recycling specialists with the City of Tampa. If you want to be part of the conversation, give us a call at 813 239 
888-900-9663 or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org and we will read it on air. And Shelby and Edgar, oh, we I, have a, another handful of emails. I was going to say, I have a lot of questions, but there, <laughs> we have questions on air. Yes. So there you go. All right. I so mean, off air. Shelby, this could okay. be an easy one for you. This is from Pete in Seminole. Is it okay to put pizza boxes in the recycling bin? <sighs> Okay, that's a great question. <laughs> so we say no to pizza boxes simply because um, they usually, 99% of the time, have grease and oil and cheese and food residue on them. So mm-hmm. the cardboard is not able to be cleaned in that way as like, you know, a can, a aluminum can would be able to just be rinsed out to clean off the food residue. So if your, if your pizza box or any fiber item, paper or cardboard is greasy or dirty, then that can go in the trash. If the lid is clean, then you can tear that off and put that portion in the oh, recycling. But anything yeah. anything dirty or soiled should go in the trash. Good, right. good deal. Thank you, Pete. All right, the next one, uh, Edgar. This is from Jim in Tampa. A recent CBS News online article stated that only about 5% of plastics were actually able to be remanufactured. Can and he was thinking that this article is probably going to discourage the public from recycling. So, Edgar, do you have a comment on that uh, statistic? Yeah. So, so sometimes we hear a lot of those low numbers of what is actually being recycled. And first of all, it starts with consumers not recycling from right off from the beginning, and then also the high volume of plastic that is being created. So what happens with plastic is it's become so customized, so complex, and so challenging to actually recycle that when you do the math and you actually see what can be recycled as opposed to what is being manufactured, it's a very small percentage of what is accepted by local programs. So just like we said, we can only take bottles and jugs but there are so many plastic items out there, plastic packaging and all of these things that I'm sure have given Annie plenty of headaches. Oh, I'm like because I get the same headache. Is it um, right? Well, then why you're talking about that right this second. So how about those clamshells? Are those recyclable? Because you're just talking about that right now. So they're not accepted in our program. Okay. Um, and what is, a, our, what is a clamshell? That's like when you buy uh, grapes or whatever, and it has a mm-hmm. plastic bottom, it has a lid connected to the top, and it, it flips open. So it's like blueberries, strawberries. Yeah, all those exactly. things. Exactly. Blackberries. Yeah, so. I, I was told by, uh-oh. I was told, uh oh, here we go. I was told by someone in your program, not you guys, but someone else that said that those were recyclable. It was on an online Zoom uh, thing, and the guy was from Recycling People. So is that not true? You can't. Was it it Recycling People with the city of Tampa? Yes. Yes. Or, Hills- so, or Hillsborough County. But I don't know. In well, Annie. <laughs> That's right. You know, my memory's so, bad. Yeah, I think <laughs> they, they told can me that confusing. Was, they told they me that. It can get confusing. Yeah. Because there are different rules for different areas. And we don't want to just say across the board, like, this this item's not recyclable. Because right. you may be able to recycle it if you live in Hillsborough. Or you may not be able to recycle something we take if you live in Pasco. So it really just depends, which is why we just try and keep pushing people to visit the, the government that services okay. are recycling mm-hmm. so okay. that they know exactly what they can do. We have more. I want, uh, my next question. <laughs> I, I just you, got, I have just, one more email that goes with you. Okay, go ahead. So this is from... Uh, we got a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Joe in Dover, Florida. 
and he asks, mm -hmm. is the Tampa recycling program requirements similar to Hillsborough County? Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time getting a specific list for unincorporated Hillsborough County. And then he mm -hmm. sent out a, he sent a follow-up saying, I'm going to just use the Tampa guidelines until <laughs> Hillsborough County has a specific <laughs> list. So, uh, Shelby, what do you have for what do you have for Joe and Dover? Sure. So that can be difficult. Um, Hillsborough does have a recycling page that does have a list of items that they accept. If you have our list, then the good news is if you recycle what we allow in the city's program, you are also recycling what Hillsborough County allows. So you are safe there. Um, but they do have a list. If you search Hillsborough solid waste recycling or some combination of that it should come up with Hillsborough County specific recycling page. They have a, a couple team members, just like Edgar and I on their side, working hard to try and get that message out to the, the residents of Hillsborough County. Do we have more? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Aunt Annie, we are encouraging I the know, listeners. I questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we have another email. They said, uh, yes, one of our drivers told me that if they, f they find a lot of chicken and corn on the cob and food perishables oh. in the recycling, and they have to pay $500 to take the recycling trunk to the dump. What? So come on, people. No food when it comes to recycling, please. <laughs> Also, doesn't the city dump uh, burn the garbage to create power for the plant so carbon will be wasted or the paper products? So what do you think we about do. that, Edgar, comment? Yeah, we do. So in the city of Tampa, we, we don't own or operate a landfill within the city of Tampa limits. We have a waste energy facility. So anything that does go in the garbage uh, goes to the alternate tra trash venue, which is waste energy, mm -hmm. um, which is... A better option than landfilling. Absolutely. It's not a completely environmentally friendly process, but it is better than landfilling, which is uncontrolled emissions in a way. Yeah. Um, but the waste energy facility does produce electricity from the waste, and it's a 24-7 operation, and it, is, it has a... a a very advanced pollution control system that at least limits the emissions from the operation. Okay. Very good. So Sissy uh, sent us an email and she says, thanks for the great show. The first are... <laughs> <laughs> Annie had a lot, a lot to contribute to the great show. <laughs> All right. So Sissy says, the first R should be resist. Reduce is too gentle. And now, Annie, you can oh, okay. ask them, what, are, what are the four R's? Okay, so what are the new R's? And it's refuse, reduce, reuse, and recycle, correct? Or there's, are there more R's on that? Tell there me about more. it. Tell me. There's more, and I feel like there's always going to be more. Uh, we yeah. can make the list go on forever, but Refuse. the way that we have it set up is number one is to rethink. So very similar rethink. to what okay. the listener said, um, just another way to word it. Okay. But rethink, basically, we don't need to use as much as as we do. So instead of the point of refusing, it's just starting off even prior to that and just rethink what you even need. Then when you have something presented to you, maybe refuse it. Yes. If you don't need it, reducing, then reusing. Then we actually have our um, composting R, which is called ROT, right oh, before recycling. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you have ROT, recycle, recover, which is waste energy. And then we don't have an R for landfilling, so we just <laughs> just put a dash in front of it. So R landfilling. <laughs> my neighbor for forty years, she's been uh, 
composting all of her like bank statements yeah. and you know the, oh yeah you shred that stuff it'll go right in yeah so yeah I don't put any of those paper products in greasy pizza boxes worms and you know uh-huh. the compost will love it yeah they love worms love that stuff we do have um, a couple more emails one is what are we supposed to do with fluorescent light bulbs oh my gosh so those that's that's a great question. I love it when we hear questions about household hazardous waste yeah. because that's what it is. Yeah. And so we want people to be wary of things like that because these are items that can be dangerous and can create a, har- a hazardous work environment for our staff. So light bulbs like that have to go to a drop-off location and that's where something like our app comes in handy. So you can search for a fluorescent light bulb and it'll tell you what's the most convenient location or the best location for the drop-off. And and so those items can now go in your curbside trash. They can leak mercury. And so we tend to avoid placing those in there. But the app does a great job at letting you know how to dispose of it, where to do it, and what might be the best option. Yeah, so I know that there is a place that it collects paint. Uh, you can do mm-hmm. your batteries. You can do the light bulbs, and there's a myriad of other things that you can take. Um, and we we do that. I think it's like it's limited days that you can even take it to it. But you can, you know, I I pick up my the rest of my neighbors and then take it at one mm-hmm. time. So you that's know, so nice of you. Well, you know, I'm a nice person. <laughs> Plus, I just I just want to be a person that yeah. is, uh, uh, that you can say, okay, that person. Did it? If she did it, I can do it. You know, Absolutely. Kind of thing. Yeah, you, you can set the example. Exactly. Something, exactly. Something that we've been learning more about is just how many rechargeable items. Yes. There are out there. Rechargeable batteries. Exactly. Recha- anything with a rechargeable battery is yeah. a potential fire hazard. So those have oh, to be is? dropped off. And and something mm-hmm. that we learned about recently is something we haven't had to deal with yet, um, but we're wary of it. Are greeting cards to have the little sound? Yeah. Um, so something like that can catch on fire uh, in in the waste stream. So wow, that's yeah, something yeah, that we're going to have to. Really, we've had yeah. trucks that catch on fire. The, the they're out picking up trash and while it's singing it, happy it birthday on fire. <laughs> So it's saying yeah, happy birthday not. and it's a fire starting. That's crazy. <laughs> I've never and, heard of that. You know, my birthday was last week and Annie didn't give me a card at all. Well, so that's not a problem. You know, I'll no get way. It. Zero way. <laughs> that's right. See, that's it. That was a thinking of that. I was thinking more, more just verbal, no yeah. other excess stuff because we're refusing to participate. That's right. Sometimes less is more. That's yeah. right. Annie's birthday's next week. Oh my God. You're telling. <laughs> yes. May 26. <laughs> Only a few more shopping days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have another email. This is from Bar Bob of Largo. He says, please give it up. Give us a guesstimate of what percentage of stuff coming to recycling goes to incineration locally. Well, we just yeah. did that, didn't we? Yeah, but, so I would say right now we're about probably 5% of what gets picked up, gets sent to the waste energy plant because of contamination and that is the only reason why we would send it to the waste energy plant rather than recycling is because it's too heavily contaminated so and then, any, sorry and then all of the oh no, all of the garbage is incinerated yeah yeah and also goes to our waste energy well plant and also i want to talk about do we need do we need to read any more yeah i just don't want to jump on anybody but i got lots to say give us one more reintroduction annie <laughs> okay so let me get to that page um 
Where is it? Oh, here it is. Um, I am Annie Ellis, and you're listening to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5. Today's guests are Shelby Lewis and Edgar Castro. Tenro. Teo. I, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it. We have it written out the way it's supposed to say, so I can't, it's harder. Uh, recycling specialist with the city of Tampa. If you want to be part of the conversation, give us a call at 813-239-9663 or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org, and we will read it on the air. And on the line, we have Seth from the Recycling. Oh, very good, Seth. No, he's not from the Recycling. No, he's from he's our from group. He's from the Sustainable yeah. Living Events Team. He's wonderful, too. He's really precise. Hi, Seth. <laughs> good morning. Seth, good morning. You, can tell we, you can tell that we and the city of Tampa are excited about recycling. So <laughs> in... About three minutes. Can you tell us some of the yeah. events that are happening locally? I, I don't want to. I don't want to take away from the recycling talk. Yes, <laughs> uh, go. <Sam>. So <laughs> there's a lot going on uh, before the dog days of summer really on to us. So um, there's there's tons of events out there. Uh, first up tomorrow, uh, May 17th, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Fred Ball Park in Tampa, the Tampa Bay Butterfly Foundation is in coordination with Little Red Wagon Nursery and the Rose Circle Garden Club is hosting a volunteer plant or native plant install. And that's part of a multi-phase rehab project at Fred Ball Park to attract and support pollinators. There is a sign-up at tampabaybutterflyfoundation.org or you can call 813-748-7098 for more details on that. And again, that's at Fred Ball Park tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Um, also, we, we hit on this last week, but I wanted to highlight it again the, um, and remind our listeners that the Edible Peach Patch Project has multiple volunteer workdays uh, still available the next couple weeks at Title I Elementary Schools in St. Petersburg. Um, remember, the, this organization's mission is to grow the community um, uh, through cultivating healthy minds and bodies and, uh, and through hands-on educational service and uh, to register for the event. And I think they start around 9 a.m. Um, and I know Julia was on earlier, but our local uh, county ag extensions are putting on a bunch of great oh, stuff uh, in local or, or in Florida friendly landscaping. All right. Very good, Seth. Seth, you're the bomb. <laughs> you're welcome. You <laughs> I'll be there at Fed Ball Park tomorrow, y'all. So come on and help us dig holes. And if you need... Um, to get that list again, you can go to the Sustainable Living WMNF Facebook page. All right, so uh, Shelby and Edgar, Annie, yes, has questions. Please, for you. thank you so much. <laughs> so uh, we we did review about the uh, all the R's. There's a lot of R's now, and mm -hmm. I wanted to go back to refusing. So I haven't. When somebody offers me a water bottle, I refuse it, and I just get uh, a glass and I get water. And it's pretty simple to do, and I, re I um, filter my water, and I have glass bottles with a flip top that I uh, have had for 13 years. I mean, you know, here's the deal, y'all. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I've been re reducing, reusing, recycling, um, and really the recycling part for... Uh, third, over 30 years. So the key is that Annie's had this glass, you know, these glass bottles for a long time. Right, so right. Shelby, you can reuse them. Yeah, so Shelby, can you tell us what greenwashing is? 
Yeah, sure. Okay. So greenwashing, greenwashing is something that we see constantly. Um, there's no regulations to what can be put on a product. So a lot of times now with, with consumers pushing and wanting more sustainable practices from the companies they're purchasing from, people can just put that on their product and pass it off as if, you know, it's, it's good for great and it's sustainable. Yeah. When in reality, there's nothing more than just a label on there that's making you feel better about purchasing right. it. So if you're so buying, yeah. So if you're buying like a a glass bottle every week, that's probably right. not as good as reuse the bottles right. that you have. Exactly. Yeah. Like mine are. Yeah. Fresh. Always goes back. Always goes back to reuse. The less waste you create, whether that's recycling or trash. Reducing better. use. Uh, since we're getting really close to the end here, I mean not at the end, but I want to talk about this. I want to make sure that we talk about it, about mm -hmm. green waste. And uh, so, you know, the green waste that we have, that big green can, like we have the regular garbage can, and then we have the green can for recycling, but then we put out our leaves and clippings and all that sort of stuff outside. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I compost a ton and I reuse all my leaves for uh, mulch and that sort of stuff. But I still have a lot because mm -hmm. I have a large amount of green stuff in my yard. So when you guys uh, pick that up, what happens to it, please? Hello? So when we, yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yard waste gets picked up right now, and it is taken to our waste and energy plant temporarily. Mm -hmm. um, we did have a contract with the company that mulched all of the yard waste that was picked up, but they changed their requirements. Um, and so we were unable to bring what we currently collected. So we're going to do a revamp phase of our yard waste and get that back to being mulched because that would be the, the most um, ideal option for us as a city. So... There'll be lots of education and different things. And, you know, people who are putting their yard waste out will potentially have to change maybe some of the ways that they're doing that if they're bagging it in plastic. Yeah. So, so if they we'll don't put it in plastic bags and it goes directly into the thing, then they are able to use it. Now, I know a long time ago, they used to rip open the plastic bags and they would dump the green and they would throw the plastic bags back. Uh, right. And they stopped doing that, and I and I right. made me very suspicious that it wasn't getting used. Um, so uh, I got I got to say this. So uh, we got another call, but I got to say something. Uh, so why aren't we making the mulch and compost for citizens to use? And well, how can we get that program growing, going? And when or is that going to start? So that yeah, and, and so we have another call. So I want to make sure I get okay. them in. Okay, so go ahead. Yeah. So. I'll go quickly. Um, it's in the works right now. So we're hoping to have something out by this year, rechanging that program and making sure that that stuff does get mulched so that it is able to have the most ideal last form rather than going to waste to energy plant. Um, so we're working on that now and it is a, a big priority for us. So you'll see that hopefully within this year. You know, over at, I know it's a small town, it's uh, Newport Ritchie, they've been doing it for 30 years, and you can go over there and get free mulch, I do, personally, uh, and they uh, they have, they sub, they contract out with a, a, a separate company, and they go over and then grind all the stuff, and in the people in, in uh, Newport Ritchie can actually get it uh, uh, delivered to their house. Okay. Now, outside people, get just like me, mm -hmm. I just go over and fill up my truck and then use it. Uh, but it's a huge, huge service, and so they are not creating a problem. And I, I understand that you guys are looking at Orlando to be able to look and see what they do so you can learn from their mistakes. Is that correct? Yeah, we love to use other local governments to see what they're doing, and we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Right. You know, it makes more 
and sometimes just to see exactly. what successes and problems other local governments have had and, and follow their lead if they're ahead of and something. So currently we don't have any place that we can pick up compost or uh, um, uh, mulch at this point, right? Not, not okay. from the city. No. Okay. Well, we have a, a caller, and we only have four minutes left, so we're going to do this caller, and then we got to roll. Hi, uh, Charles. Welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. I would like to uh, bring up the issue of the glass over plastic again. And if you may recall, way back in the 80s, there were a, a batch of referenda in each major city across the country, and I don't know if they... Uh, cheated or stuffed ballot boxes or whatever, but overnight everything went from glass bottles to plastic bottles. It's cheaper. That's well, why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think if people got the arguments uh, that they would, especially nowadays, vote the same way. So why doesn't somebody go back and say, "Hey, let's let's set it back like it was"? Now the same thing. <laughs> the same thing goes. There are a lot of things that already have been done successfully. Nobody ever talks about. Uh, you know about gasoline. You remember the Carter administration said we're not going to uh, drive any faster than what was the 55, and they saved all kinds of yeah. people, right? Okay, so so what I'm saying is, why not go back to precedents that have already been set on this and say, well, look, you know, wh- who who wants it? Went around and you know what they talk about, you know, gr- uh, getting. Uh, getting power at the local level and, you know, uh, squashing everything out. Right. Well, you know what I would say to that, since we're almost out of time, I would say contact your local commissioner, contact your senator, and talk to them about the things that they can do to pass laws to make that difference. Yeah, well, hey, you guys are the ones to do all that. <laughs> uh, well, you can vote, too, yeah. I guess. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to, to touch on something real quick. Real quick. Really quick. So the plastic industry has had so much power um, and because it is cheaper to to manufacture and to ship around, like you said, Annie. Yeah. Um, But it does ultimately also we do have some power, each individual with our voting dollars with our voices as well so that's the way to um, go we are yeah we must Mm -hmm. we are pretty close to the end do we have anything else on the board over there we just want edgar and shelby to remind listeners where they can what website or social media to go to yeah you can go to tampa.gov recycle to look for any information on recycling and to also remember to download the app Tampa Trash and Recycling app okay. on your smart devices. Thank you, guys. Thank you, were you great. so much for being here. It was really wonderful. Thank I wish we had no- more time as usual, right? <laughs> All right, well, we're out. So. Yep. so if you enjoyed this show and our weekly content, please consider going to WMNF.org, donating through the tip jar, and directing your donations to the Sustainable Living Show. Your donation helps keep us on air. Stick around for the next hour to hear WMNF Tampa's Monday music with Flea Ellen. If you want to hear more public interest programming, you can switch over to WMNF's HD3 channel, The Source, to listen to today's Tom Hartman show live. Tune in next Monday morning at 11 for the next Sustainable Living show where we will be talking with the Edgar uh, College who was recently awarded nearly a half a million dollar grant by the EPA. Follow our Facebook page, Sustainable Living WMNF, to stay in the loop. I'm Kenny Coogan. And I am Annie Ellis. Remember, if you are looking for someone to save the world, look in the mirror. Bye-bye. Wow, people are... Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I say it's all right.